Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show, the big show. The we're heading north show in our car show. And we are. We're heading north in our car. We're driving down the road. So if you hear any road noise in the background, you know what's going on. So, how you doing today, Spice? Beautiful morning. It is a beautiful morning. I'm not sure we're going to have a beautiful afternoon. It's supposed to thunderstorm tonight, but eh, it's okay. Batting 500 will get you a job anywhere in the major leagues. Okay. Beautiful morning, not beautiful afternoon. About to pass the lake here. Passing a lake where she takes out her little boat, her kayak, and kayaks on. You haven't done that in a long time, right? What, four hours? Three hours? <laughs> Three, to be fair. And there are people out on the lake fishing. Lots of, well, there's lots of people out on the lake. It's not a very big lake. So welcome to the show. We're not here to talk to you about show. We're here to talk to you about sucking. <laughs> Partially. Partially. Because I was getting my dehydrator ready to go for spring because my strawberries are about ready to start coming ripe. And after I gorge myself on them for a week or so, it'll be time to start dehydrating some of them. And I will be able to pr- to bring home way many extra strawberries. So we'll have lots of strawberries. So what do we do with strawberries, pray tell? Well, I don't usually have the big blocks of time required for my less-than-skilled self to can them. And we're not big jelly eaters anyway. No, we're not big jelly eaters. We don't. So I generally very- freeze some and dehydrate some. I like to freeze some because they're really good and convenient that way. But if you freeze everything and then the power goes out, you've lost everything. That's true. And the dehydrated ones stay good for about three years. Yes, and we have we have some we have some dehydrated stuff that's about four years old now, and it's still good. Yeah, the so, fruits fruits top out at about three, three years. years. They start getting kind of tasteless after that. Okay, seems to me. Uh, but other things can go longer. Pasta can probably go approximately forever. Yeah, I don't know. Pasta is a normally dehydrated food, you see. Uh, and as I do when I'm doing these prep things, I think, well, maybe I should do a post about that. So I looked back to last September, and I'd done what I uh, consider to be a pretty good post on dehydrating in general. Mm-hmm. How to do it, what to do it with, why to do it, stuff like that. So I was pretty pleased with that aspect of it, but I hadn't said much about once stuff's dehydrated, what do we do with it? Well, we take it and we put it in a jar. A mason jar. And then we suck the air out of it. I use mason as a generic term. It is a company, but... Yeah, ball jar, canning jar. Now... Usually quart size. Usually... Sometimes pint size. Yeah, usually, almost always, in fact, we pretty much stick to always wide mouth we go with wide mouth just because it's easier to get stuff in and out of and because when you actually are canning you have less of a problem with uh, air bubbles sticking under the shoulders right so wide mouth is how we go yep we've got a bunch a bunch of jars and even more lids boxes upon boxes of lids that's because even we we pretty much use a one use on the lids even though you can reuse them for uh, when you just dehydrate and vacuum seal, they never work as well the second time. The thing is, those lids work. Uh, what we're talking about here is two-piece lids. 
They've got the uh, lid itself, which is just a round circle that matches the size of the mouth of the jar, and it's got a rubberized gasket on the inside where it's going to touch the glass of the lid. And that is to provide the airtight seal. Uh, they also come with rings. Each jar usually comes with one ring. And the rings are the screw-on part that will hold the lid to the jar until such time as you've got vacuum on it. So when you're using the things casually, just like you use any jar with a lid on it, you use the two-piece lid. When you're doing canning originally, you use the ring to hold the lid in place until the vacuum seals on it. And when you're dehydrating, you basically don't use the rings at all. Because our most common use for these guys, since I don't have a lot of time to can with, and I don't love canning, so... I do it only when I'm strongly motivated for other reasons. I mostly dehydrate stuff and put it in these jars and then use a vacuum sealer to put a vacuum seal on it to extend the life of the dehydrated food. Hence my comment of sucking. Yep, partially sucking because you don't get a perfect vacuum in those guys. You don't even get all that close, and that's okay. But if you were to take and remove the air with the vacuum sealer, and also have placed in an oxygen absorber in there. Because the air is only 21% oxygen. Yeah. So you remove most of the air. Yeah, probably 80 to 98%. I don't really know yeah. how hard those things suck. but And then only 21% of it is an oxidizer oxygen. So if you use an oxygen, oxygen absorber and chemically absorb the rest of it, or most of the rest of it, you're going to stop things from degrading pretty much because you've removed the water, then you removed the air, and then you've removed the oxygen from the air. And then you're going to put it in the dark. And then you're going to put it in the dark. See, here, here's the deal about why food degrades when you preserve it. Well, when you try and preserve it. Food degrades, first of all, because of microbes. And vacuum sealing by itself does nothing to stop the microbes. So this is not like heat canning, where you can uh, put in wet food, heat can that thing properly, and then it's sterile on the inside, and it makes the vacuum seal while it's sterile on the inside. So there is no microbial growth in there until such time as you reopen the jar. That's what pressure canning does for you. Right. The vacuum, or it just keeps the microbes out. It kills them. Well, the ones that keeps the vacuum sealing from keeps coming, the yeah. fresh ones from coming back in. Yes, that's what I'm trying as to say. As well as keeping the oxygen out. Yes. Okay. So you can't just vacuum seal something and expect it to stay good unless you've got something else preventing the microbial growth. And did you, uh, taking the air out won't do that. So dehydrating will, because you dehydrate something, there's not enough water. Every living thing on the planet needs water to work with. So if you take out enough of the water, you don't get microbial degradation of the food. And that's my, the preservation of choice for me, because it's quick and easy and effective and gives me a nice uh, three- to five-year window to use the food while it's still in good shape. Yeah. Now, some foods just don't need it. Some foods are just, they really just don't need it. Food like a honey, 
<laughs> you just don't need to do anything to honey. It's... It actually is already dehydrated. That's why honey doesn't need preservation. It's got so much sugar in it that it pulls so hard on the water molecules that the microbes can't keep their water in them and they dehydrate and die when they try and invade honey. Uh, pastas are dehydrated foods. Nuts are dehydrated foods, but they ha can have problems with oils going bad. So we'll get to that in a bit. Now, pastas can be, you know, what what will get you on pastas is rehydration through humidity. Yeah. And other so that's grains. why if you want to vacuum, and we tried it. We did do something. We vacuum sealed a little pasta just to see what would happen. And it's still perfectly fine. It's still perfectly fine, but it's just a lot of expense to go through for something you really don't need to do. Because if you use the pasta in the first year or two, it's fine. It's in the normal package. Yeah. So, you know, as long as you... We're we're much more of a rotational kind of a deal on the pasta than we are a... uh, 25-year storage thing. Yeah. So... You got to do something to stop the microbes. The next big killer is oxidation, which is why we're using vacuum sealers to suck out most of the air. And then to extend the life even further, you drop in some oxygen absorbers to reduce the oxygen concentration in there even further so you don't get much oxidation of the products in the jar. That extends the life considerably over just dehydration. Also, when you vacuum seal... You take the moisture out, and the moisture can't get back in. It won't remove a ton of moisture. you got to start with dehydrated stuff. But there is moisture in the air that's already in the jar, and that's enough to uh, promote some degradation. So when you vacuum seal and you take out most of the air, you take out most of the water vapor that was in the air, and that will help you maintain your seal. So... Reduces the water degradation, reduces the oxygen degradation. And then when you're done, you stick everything in the dark because light also uh, causes the degradation of organic molecules that degrades taste. We're not talking about things getting dangerous here if you've got a way to stop the microbes from growing. We're talking about it getting tasteless, pale, flabby, unpleasant. And that's what we're working to avoid here. And then you put it in somewhere that is relatively cool in constant temperature because heat and especially heating and cooling cycles will also degrade biological molecules and degrade taste quality. Okay. Well, I was just sitting here thinking another project I've got going on. It's not has nothing to do with food, but it's something else that a prepper might want to actually think about. I'm a photographer, and I'm also a camera collector, and I have a lot of cameras. I mean, a lot of cameras. <laughs> I have more cameras than you do. And even if you have a 1,000 cameras, I have more cameras than you do. Um, well, maybe not a 1,000, but hundreds, Seems like and, it some days. hundreds and hundreds, certainly. And one of the problems that cameras have is moisture. You know, you got to keep moisture away from cameras. So my solution is I've bought a bunch, and I mean stackfuls of Pelican-style cases. Those are hard plastic. The hard plastic, with, waterproof. Uh, foam in them that you can customize the shapes of the foam. And waterproof, and if you seal up the little air vent, they're airproof. So what I've begun to do is I bought desiccants to go inside these cases 
Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, a lot of people store their electronics, and a lot of people put their electronics inside of ammo uh, uh, cans. cans. Yeah. So my th- my thing is desiccants are cheap. So if you're going to be putting storing electronics or something inside an ammo can, put a desiccant in there to make sure that any moisture that was in that can when you sealed it up gets munched and any moisture leaking through the seals and there will always be a little yeah gets munched uh there's a company that that does underwater cameras and they sell these little desiccants and tubes that fit inside their camera cases they call them moisture munchers and so i always think about that not that they're any particularly reason that you should buy a moisture muncher muncher brand desiccant they all work pretty much the same but the kind i like to buy are the indicator desiccants where they're if they're blue they're absorbing if they're pink they're used up and then they can be recharged by putting them in a in an oven at a very low temperature will let you re- or a dehydrator will let you at very low temperature will let you recharge them and so they're buy once, use the rest of your life. They work great. And for anything like electric, but having said that, these are not food grade. So don't use them with food. When you buy a, a desiccant or an oxygen absorber, make sure you buy food grade if you're putting them with food. We do. We keep, we keep, but we have a bunch of them. We, we buy them by the hundreds. And in fact, I was going to ask you, how's our supply holding out? Yeah, we should swap it out. I've still got some, but yeah. frankly, they've been around long enough. That, yeah. You can't keep them completely sealed. And every time I open it up to throw a couple in a jar of dehydrated stuff, some oxygen gets in there and they suck that up. So they're partially used up by the time I put them in my One jar. tip you can do is when you when you first get them, Put them into smaller bags and put those smaller bags into a big into a bigger bag, and you can reuse those bags too. So, like, cut them out by ten. In ziplocs. In ziplocs, and then put that those ziplocs inside of another airtight container. I know somebody who actually does that and puts them inside of a a jar and then vacuum seals the jar. So that keeps them really, You've always really got fresh. the vacuum sealer out when you're using the things. At least I do. That keeps them really fresh. So, And they, make, they actually make special char lids that are reusable vacuum sealing lids. I mean, they actually make, you know. They have a vent on them so you don't have to pry them up to get them off. That's what makes a lot of the standard canning lids unusable more than once is you bend them, get them off the first time. And then right. they won't seal strongly again. Right. That's why we have so many boxes of uh, lids. The Those boxes are props. They make the canning system we've got. I bought a canner, which is harder to use, but does not require electric to use. I could put it over a fire and can over a fire if I had to. It's one of those ones that, that uh, is, well, I don't remember the brand name, but it's one of the ones. I mean, it's the thing. It's the thing. It's the big cast iron thing. It's the one that everybody... There are a few companies that make really good, valuable, sturdy, long-life canning products. Some of them are very easy to use, but all of those require electric. And some of those can be used 
reliably for years without necessarily having to have the valves checked. And the pressure gauge is checked because the pressure gauge is just a weight mechanism, which can't really break. Uh, so they remain safe to use without electricity. I went with the harder to use, but prep version myself. Now, one thing to keep in mind, we sometimes will do this, is we will uh, we'll buy something like the canner, and then we'll buy the easy electric version to use, but we have the harder to use but can use in any situation. A really good example of this is our is our uh, uh, mills. Mills. Yeah. We have a we have a really good electric mill that's very easy to use, very easy to clean. But we also have hand crank mills to use if times are bad. You make sure you know how to use the hand crank mill and all the parts are there and working and then you put it away. <laughs> put it away, don't mess with it. nice and safe and Use the actual other thing because Frankly. rotating through the foods requires using the mill for some things right. to grind our own flour. So it doesn't get done if it's not easy because at the moment I have a full time job. Well, are we gonna? Are you about done with this one? The reason I'm asking is we're here. We're at our place. Go around the block a time or two. Go around the whole town. This being a tiny little town. And I'll we'll go look at the old school, see if anything's going on today. Yeah. It's pretty flowers today. The uh, only other thing I really wanted to mention is a lot of times when preppers seal things for long term, one of the ways they get oxygen out is to throw some dry ice in the container. So the subliming frozen CO2 displaces the uh, air from the jar because it's more dense. And that's another way to get oxygen out of there. You can't reliably use that with a vacuum sealer. Because if there's any dry ice still in there, you vacuum seal that sucker, and then the rest of the CO2 sublimes into gas. It removes the negative pressure inside the jar. It lets the seal up, and now stuff can move in and out of the jar again, and it's not going to work. So that dry ice method works for things like buckets, but it doesn't work for things like vacuum sealing nearly as well. And that's what I wanted to bring up. And they do a really nice job of keeping their school up, even though it closed they do. 20 years ago. Okay, so I think we're going to wrap it. You want to wrap it? Like Christmas? That's, I think we've sucked all the air out of it. Let's wish them a nice day and move on. Okay, we're going to do that. We're going to stick a fork in it, and we'll talk to you the next podcast.